you know what? You've been real good this week. How about a new episode? Would you like that? It's a good bag. We're answering some questions. It's going to be a good old time. Get yourself a sit. Or maybe you're on your commute. Or maybe you're in the middle of doing your chores. That's a good thing to do too. Real proud of you, bud. Here's the episode. You deserve it. You think you're crazy. It's Good Game, Great Game, the video game book club for people that hate paper cuts but love button mashing. I'm Zach Rich, I got Andrew Orsi, Whoa. and the cuddly gamer Kevin Ryder. Early afternoon time! Early afternoon episode going on right now. We're recording on a Sunday afternoon, which means since I pay $50 for NFL Red Zone every single month, there's no way in heck I'm wasting that money, so... Full disclosure, we also have football going on in the background while we do this question episode. But we're also giving you all of our love and support. All the love and support, but also, hey, Dalvin Cook, if you can get a touchdown right now, that'd be cool. Here he goes. He doesn't have the ball. Kirk Cousins kept it. Okay, that's the last time I'm going to do that. I'm going to be good, I promise. Uh, it's our question box episode. Dick's got another touch. Nope. Okay. What? Oh. I'm the one who I actually loves you listeners because I, I have my back. I'm turning it down. Time. I'm turning it off. Uh, okay. <laughs> I was wondering how far we would get. We didn't get far at all because uh-uh. I would just start interjecting all the time. Uh, okay. Football is off. Podcast is here. I Andrew's just broke, fumbling his I just phone. broke everything. And I'm just sitting in wave form. Yes. Nope. <laughs> this is what Kevin was doing before the show. and This is how he sound checked for me. Okay. Are you are you good, Spookmaster? Yeah, it's gonna yeah, do I'm, it I'm out of my way now. Uh, we have questions to get to. Does anyone have any games or other they'd like to talk about first? I've been reading It. Oh, nice. What is it? It by Stephen King. The the book the horror that the novel. Ah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I realized that I read it when I was younger, but I didn't finish it. Like, I thought back after watching the movie, and I was like, wow, I didn't. I think I got like 800 of the 1,200 pages in and didn't finish. Just so oh, here we go. are. Not enough clowns? So now I'm reading it. Okay. Uh, I'm already 400 pages in in three days, so clearly enjoying. Nice. Yeah. Did I tell you guys that I read two books over vacation? No. No. Yeah. What ones are time, they? I, I read uh, The Testaments, which is the new Margaret Atwood book, mm-hmm. which is based off of like 15 years later after the events of Handmaid's Tale. Okay. I mean, so she wrote it all these years later as well. It's actually interesting for her to create this work have such an immense public reaction, you know, the TV show comes out, and then have enough clamoring to actually make another in-canon book in that universe. Really nifty, really awesome. If anyone really likes uh, sci-fi in general and has read The Handmaid's Tale, super highly recommend it. It's a, it's, it's a great book. Really, I love it. Really, really cool. Is um, it a prequel, a sequel? Sequel. Sequel, but it's it's told through it like testimonials taking... of three different characters that are at different points. Like one person's outside of Gilead, one person's in it, and one person's one of the ants. Oh, I love that. So kind it kind of, of follows their three paths. They come together and split apart. And it's like, a very birth by sleep approach. Yeah, it's it just this. There are three. It's called the testimonials because it's actually told through these three characters' testimonials, okay. just from their point of view and alternating chapters throughout. Um, great book, really good, highly recommend. And the other one I read is called Daisy Jones and the Six. Um, which is about a 60s rock band called Daisy Jones and the Six. That's a, a fictional one. Okay. Um, that's supposed to is have it a Daisy like... Jones at the front of a six-person band? It is. Or is ah, it, it is. Daisy Jones and somebody's ass in front of her? Well, it's actually... What? It's a group called the Six. <laughs> you know, six. Watch Your Six? No. It's like, like, it, like I'll, shooter things. I'll tell you later. <laughs> Warfare stuff. Uh, no, it's a band called I'll the Six. I'll tell you when you're old. That then takes on a charismatic uh, additional leading female singer named Daisy Jones. Um, and it's their whole, like... 
play with the, the lead singer of the six is married and is trying to be faithful to his family, but he is like struggling with, um, uh, he's a drug addict and an alcoholic and he's trying to be sober for his wife and kids. And then also there's a complication of him being really attracted and having a really good music chemistry with Daisy Jones. So it's their kind of interplay amongst the band members and families and stuff. And it's really good. Well, it actually sounds great. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And that one's done... Um, by the point of view of an interviewer talking to all of them and then arranging them into chronological order. Yeah. It's like one of the band members, you don't get any quotes from the entire book at the end. It's like, yeah, it was a good time with the band, but that's really all I have to say about it. So thanks. Have a nice day. I was being so good about reading a little bit more like in the spring and the early summer. And then just this cavalcade of games started coming out where I was just like, all I want to do is play all these weird and wonderful indies. And now I found a new time sink, if I may transition to what Absolutely. I'd like Go to talk ahead, about. Uh, so to, for, for preface, uh, I deleted Mario Kart Tour from my phone. That game can go fuck itself. So uh, here's not the worth thing. Time yes. It's a model that isn't going to work for you because you no. go so hard at things that you spent $45. I spent $45 on the game. I spent $0 yep. and I'm fine. Right. Nope. So, <laughs> uh, because what happened was, so every two weeks the game kind of resets itself and it yeah. starts a new branch of the tour. So earlier this week the, was the start of the Tokyo tour, and I immediately thought, oh, I'll pay the twenty bucks again, get Rosalina and like ten hits in the slot machine. A stupid move on my part. I got absolutely nothing good out of the oh, slot no. machine. I played the game for another like three or four races. Realized I really wasn't having fun with it anymore. The other thing I realized was I think it was just so long since I last played a Mario Kart game after mm-hmm. we recorded last week's episode. Uh, Andrew, you and I and our friend Emily uh, played a little bit of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and I instantly remembered like, oh, this is what Mario Kart is supposed to feel like. And going back to the mobile game, I was just like, wow, this is bad and stupid. Comparatively, it's disappointing. So I deleted that and then on the same day, I put Magic the Gathering Arena on my computer. (laughs) And that... We talked about it before, how that, that was a slippery slope. It was a very slippery slope. And towards. I'm back. I'm, ba- I'm, 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 I'm a deck builder, baby. I'm back a, on I'm my a, magic life. I'm back on the deck master life. I love magic. I've played it almost my entire life. My dad played it uh, ever since I was born. And then I started playing it around 11 or 12. That was what I played for most of high school and college. And then fell off of it because there was just no way for me. One, to balance an adult life while having space for all these cards and having to go out to card shops and like Friday nights are usually the night where magic really happens. Friday night magic. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I just couldn't work that into my schedule. So I kind of fell by the wayside. And now here is this, what is essentially just the entire game, but in digital form. And it's perfect. It's really, really good. It has, it's, it's every set. Once it comes out, it's also in the game as well. You get a bunch of decks from the core sets to start off with. So, like, it is free to play, and you can have competitive decks right off the bat if you don't want to build your own. It obviously costs money to get booster packs and such. And I'm okay spending those microtransactions because... It's essentially like playing the full physical version of the card game, which I would do anyway if I had the time to do it. Uh, I've spent, I think, 20 bucks so far and have had a marvelous time with it. Uh, I'm really, really enjoying it. And I think one of the best things it has is that you can play like normal competitive modes there's also steel draft tournaments there's traditional draft tournaments that you could go into and when you're doing something like i love playing sealed uh when you're playing a sealed deck tournament what you have is you get six booster packs of 14 cards and you have to make a 40 a 40 card deck with those cards you have an unlimited amount of lands. you can do whatever you want in order to get mana and everything but you basically have to just like get a bunch of tools assemble the best you can from that limited pot of tools and then once it's over i i would usually go you get uh 
three strikes and you're out. Mm-hmm. But you, the further you go along, the more wins you get before you're out, you get more rewards for it. And it's satisfying. It's a really viscerally fun way to play the game, expand your collection. It's been such a long time. I think the last set I was into was Scars of Mirrodin, and I think that was like 2012, 2011. It's been a hot minute since I played some Magic. Uh, and it's just, it's nice to be back at it. It's the most complicated game in the world, but I love it to death. And I'm really, I literally this entire morning, I had the London game, the, the, who was it? The Buccaneers and... Buccaneers and, and Panthers? Yeah, that's what yeah. it was. I uh, had that going on while playing Magic all morning, and nice. man, just a hot, and it's a great morning. You can still like unlock cards and everything through playing the game, right? Yeah, so so, so you don't have to spend money. Every so often, uh, you'll get XP, and you can trade in that XP for extra card packs. You can get boosters out of it. Uh, in order to do things like the sealed and the traditional drafts, mm-hmm. you do have to use gems, which is the game's... Uh, microtransaction currency, oh, you but those can't are do like those without gems. Uh, you can't do those without gems, but those are like you know you'd have to pay to get into those anyway. Sure. Uh, and you get all the cards you get from those, you get to keep anyway. Okay. So it's just like another form. It's a really there's you can get I think like five hundred gems when you first start the game for like twenty bucks. There's I like see. explorer packs and uh, welcome packs, so it's like at a discounted rate. So you can get a lot of. Uh, fun out of it for 20 bucks and start building your card collection and now I got a couple of really good decks with all the cards that I've assu- uh, accrued and I can start playing the game and I can play like on the ranked modes. I got this really fun knight deck that I'm uh, really fond of and constantly tinkering and building with and I feel like this is actually a better way to play than the physical version because another thing that they do which I really like is the more boosters you open the more you gain wild cards and you can also get wild cards from boosters and what wild cards do is if you get a common wild card and you're building a deck if you need another card from that set that's a common you can cash in the wild card and get that card Uh, so for every I think six boosters you open you get a uncommon and a rare wild card and then every 18 packs you open you get an ultra rare Ultra rare. Ultra rare wild card. missing that one card you'd need for your deck. Exactly. So this is kind of a cooler way to do it. Yeah, nice. Um, I'm a huge fan of it, and I feel like this is going to be something that I am not going to feel icky sinking money and time into. Like it's on Steam? It is. It's its own thing. Uh, it's entirely. its own launcher. It's uh, not on Steam or either it's of those its things. Own thing. But I believe it's on. <laughs> I believe it's on PC, and I think it's on Mac right now. I didn't gotcha. look because I don't have a Mac. But you would love Magic Cat. I probably would. I remember you played Hearthstone a lot when we first I did. met. Yeah, yeah, I still play Hearthstone every now and then. But right now, in terms of my deck building, Slay the Spire still got me pretty satiated. I've it's been playing so really that again. Good. So yeah. Yeah, but that, I think that, that's got me for right now. I mean, honestly, I think both of you would be huge Magic fans. Oh, I'm sure. I've, I've played Magic yeah. for a while. I yeah. just, it was in high school. I haven't touched it since 2008. It's a lot. Yeah. I don't know that, like, just even this description of it, I don't think this is something I want to devote myself to right now. I don't yeah. have the bandwidth. That's fair. That's <laughs> very fair. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of my favorite games I've ever played, and it's really, really nice to have it back in my life. And I think this is a nice. really cool substitute for the physical kind of game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah you Magic don't have to keep cards, too, which is nice. You don't have to keep track of your cards. Yeah, everything is there for you. Uh, you can search by keywords. So, like, if I want to look up the word knight and flying, mm-hmm. then I can have a list of all the cards in a set that I'm building from that have knight and flying in nice. them. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a little intimidating, and sure. I think for a new player, it's really scary, but they also give you... There's a mandatory tutorial you have 
to go through. Uh, the beginner decks are really, really great. There's bots you can play against that kind of know what they're doing, but it's really hard. You know, <laughs> Magic bots. is super... Yeah, they're, it's a super weird game. So I think it's very approachable for new players, but Magic is a crazy game. Like, if, if you think you're going to get it right away, you're not. But, <laughs> I'm just imagining that sentence out of context where it's like someone in a fantasy novel who's like, Magic is a crazy game! Yeah, well, yes. Also, yes. Uh, but it feels really good, and I feel like I'm, I'm my wizardy self again. Yeah. I am the planeswalker. Yeah, tap that The wizard Zach. The wizard Zach. Tap them manas. Uh... And yeah, that, that's that. I'm playing that's something the else. the only phrase I had, so I said it twice. <laughs> uh, there's something else I want to talk about, but I think I'll save it for next week because that will be more in line with what we're playing for the Super cool. Nintendo yeah. bonus episode, so I'll keep it at that. Whoa. Yeah. Should we do some questions? Okay. All right. Yay. Let's open up the good bag. The mail, it never fails. It's good. It's great. It's good. Great mail. We got most of the questions from one person. Mail! Was that off the dome? Yeah. I yeah. love it. <laughs> Yeah, Audrey. I really was waiting for the spot where I was going to lose words, but they all came out. No, they all came out. sentences? Were the last two sentences? I, I lost it approximately. Again. Great. More I just less. black out when yeah. I do things. <laughs> Welcome back. Also Thank true. you. Uh, Andre Shukalov? Andre Shukalov is the... Uh, he's the MVP he's, this week. He's the official, <laughs> he sent the us... official sponsor of this mailbag episode. Yeah. <laughs> Ton of questions. Um, I mean, really we got thankful. a couple other questions from other people. Uh, we have one from Mr. Baelish. Uh, I took one from Andy Cheatham over on my Twitter. Um, and then uh, the final Podblum, Casey and Nick, our friends over there, sent us one as well. So we have a couple others peppered in there. But Andre sent us like... I think literally 25 or 26 different questions. All right. And they were like quality discussion points. Yeah, so I was sure. like, let's just use let's these. Just use yeah. Let's use some good questions. So, let's uh, these shout out, out Andre. Shout out to him. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's get to some questions. Let's do it. Question master. First question. <laughs> um, what is the most anticipated game of 2020 for each of us? Ooh. Dang. Okay. For, for me, it's probably Final Fantasy VII Remake. I know that it's... Uh, I don't know that answer, I suppose, but I want it so bad. I mean, yeah, it's so basic. Been, that's but been I so bad your thing for so long. Though. I know it's. I that was the first thing that came to my head too. I think it's that. It's between that or Persona Five: The Royal for me. I think mm. uh, it's going to be two amazing JRPG experiences. It looks like Persona Five: The Royal is just like it's the base game, but then like twice as big. Based on what I'm seeing from all the Twice trailers, it's big. it's huge. There's new party members. There's what? new attacks. There's new. That's crazy. Uh, there's new areas to explore. Yeah, it's that it's, game a, it's is a significantly so big. bigger version of what came before. Wow. Yeah, wow. I hope they fix the translation because yeah. I would love to actually like the characters and this is that time. But coming to Switch as well. That is just PS4. Just PS4. Okay. Yeah, it's just I'm, PS4. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. No. The, the, I, was, I was thinking of Dragon. Dragons. Yeah, the Dynasty Warriors game yeah. is going to switch. There are several Scramble. things that are going to switch that I saw. Uh, anyway. Do um, you know if with that version we'll be able to continue a new save plus file or do you have to create a new file? I think you need to... I don't know. I, I would bet you need to create a new file, but Dang. maybe. Maybe you yeah. can import data. I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, it's supposed to come out... It comes out at the end of the month in Japan. Oh, wow. Yeah, it comes so out soon. really wow. early. It's yeah. like the... Altus is the only studio that doesn't the, do worldwide mm-hmm. releases and that's buck wild to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was one other game I was really... Oh, you know what I'm really looking forward to for next year? And this is one that neither of you will be as interested in me. But I just read up on all the stuff on Microsoft Flight Simulator. And honestly, like, <laughs> I am pumped for that game. Yeah. It's chill. It's zen. It's a like a one-to-one map of the entire planet Earth using Bing. Like, I want to fly around my hometown. I want to see my parents' house. I want to see the city, baby. I want to fly a plane as close as I can to the to the to the to the skyscrapers in the sky and just drift right on by. 
I'm excited for that game. Yeah. I think it's going to be really, nice. really cool. And let's yeah. go into Game Pass, baby. Is it really? Yeah, it's Game Pass. Didn't know that. It's Microsoft. Well, probably going to play it. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't going to, but now probably will. I'm also, and I, and I wanted to talk about this with you, Kev, uh, I'm a little more excited for the Avengers game now. Yeah, we have we have Miss Marvel. Uh, we have Miss Marvel coming to it, and I think, I think it's that's a great gonna be, I think that's a very fun character to throw in there. And if she's like the catalyst to bring the Avengers back together again, yeah. okay, cool. And if she's our view into the Avengers, exactly, like, that makes, so much that makes me significantly more excited than anything they showed off so far. So we'll see. We'll if see they about keep that. Pulling game. from that catalog in terms of characters, they add they add the more out there ones. Right, that's gonna bring such a, a more diverse. Grouped the game exactly. Also, the Tokyo Mirage Sessions remastered. Yeah, I, I'm just to play that. Yeah. I could play that right now, but honestly, I just I want to wait for the Switch version. I want to yeah. play it on my Switch. Switch. That's real. That's very real. What Even, about you, Andrew? Yeah. I what do you want? Um, huh, I'm very. I'm excited about the Final Fantasy VII remake. Probably not as much as Kevin is, but I am. Last of Us Two is really high on my list. Yep, mine too. I, I uh, really and I know on a lot of people's lists. Um, but my personal one is Doom Eternal, because oh, I just know nice. right, I'm delayed amounts of joy yeah. out of that. It's March 20th, 2020. Mm-hmm. It is right before my birthday. It's going to be my birthday present. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm ready for that game. So I'm going to shoot some monsters on Mars or in hell, whichever one Wherever it's in. Wherever we're at this I don't time. Know. Glorious. <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think, is there anything else at the start of next year that I'm super pumped about? I think that's it for now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a. That's a it's it's gonna be a game filled uh, next year because also Halo Infinite. I'm definitely excited for if just to see what it's gonna be all about since yeah. that'll be you know what we start off the new Xbox. Next with. year's gonna be a pretty crazy year of games and then new consoles potentially at the 2020. I mean, it's really because like announced. I think about the best years in video games and 2013 was definitely one of them because they were just going balls to the like that was Bioshock Infinite, that was the original Last of Us, that was Fire Emblem Awakening. Uh, they went crazy trying to send out the last generation consoles with a bang, and here we are again. Yeah, they're doing that again. Yeah. So Let's do I'm it. really Let's excited. I don't know what is going to launch with the next generation consoles, but there's a lot of good uh, for, the, for the first half of the year to send out the current consoles. And I think that's neat. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. It's cool. Uh, next question. Next question. Um, since we're talking about such great games that we're so excited for. Yeah. Will EA or Bethesda ever make a good game? Oh, no. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, EA. I would say with Bethesda is will they make another one? I yeah. feel like there are a lot of people who would argue that they've made good ones in the past. Like, as in Bethesda as a developer or Bethesda as a publisher? Because EA still makes... I'm excited for Jedi Fallen Order. I think that... I'm still... I have trepidation still. From what I've it's, read... Yeah, I've read a bit more on their website, seeing how they'll develop the abilities, because that's really my biggest thing with games, is how you d- develop a character. Yeah, because Respawn's not a studio I shrug at. I think they're one of the best in the biz right now. Sure. Uh, and if, they're, if, they, if what I've read about this game, if what we've seen so far just scratches the surface of what this game's actually going to be, I'm excited about that. Uh, Bethesda, as a developer, I don't know. As a publisher, Doom Eternal. Like... Yeah. There's still quality games that they are publishing. Yeah. But it's being overlaid by the fact that like Fallout 76 was a struggle. A dumpster fire. Um continues to be so. They have very little goodwill when it comes to their uh core studio games. Right. They have mold in their helmets at GameStop. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh so could they put out quality games again? Absolutely. They might be microtransaction fests. Uh Jedi Fallen Order is not supposed to have it, and they would like made that well, a selling so here's point. My which thing is, is, could they put out good games again? Yes, they would be microtransaction fests. In my, in my, what I look for in games, then it's not a good game. I don't want right. it. Right. Sure. Done. Sure. Bye. Yeah. Well, no, they're they're actively hyping the fact that 
there's no microtransactions in Star Wars, right. which is like not a selling point because that's the that's the it disease that you put upon the world. It's one less thing to worry about. It shouldn't right. be. I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's more like EA very specifically is the one that needs to make that disclaimer. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, yeah. oh, we're not doing it in this one, guys. Huh? I think there's supposed <laughs> to be a new Need for Speed this year too. Is there? I think so. I didn't. Hear I feel like about that it. was. It was like announced that there was one happening before E3, and then they didn't show it off at E3, and I think they revealed it, but I don't remember gotcha. right now. Uh, so good job mentioning that, Zachary. Um, yeah. Could they make good games again? Absolutely. But, you know. Sure. Well, in a natural segue out of this, then, uh, what's everybody's favorite game developer or studio? Favorite developer? Dang. Oh, man. Like, just one? Because I got, yeah, I got a one. couple. Pick one, Zach. Commit. If push came to shove, oh, that's such a hard question. I mean, 90s Rare is a thing, but also like Harmonix is a studio I love, Rock City is a studio I love, Respawn is great. Um, I have a lot of love for Platinum. Platinum. I have a lot of love for Naughty Dog, too. I have a lot of love for Naughty Dog. Yeah. And I also just have a lot of love for Nintendo. I mean, yeah, yes. Nintendo in and of themselves is 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 maybe maybe that's it. Maybe that's I it. think my answer is Nintendo because Probably. of how long it has successfully held my love and yeah. like how many quality things we've got. Even like if you want to boil it down a little deeper, Intelligent Systems is one of my favorite studios. Uh, Insomniac have always been. A Insomniac fan of. is really really good. Like. Uh, I don't know if I could boil it down to just one studio. I guess if push if you if if it got in my head, I would have to say harmonics. I think that's what Go it comes down to. Uh, Rock Band has been one of my favorite games of all time. I feel like it opened up my life to so much more music, so many more people to interact with, uh, and it's a game I still think about fondly and 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 bust out every so often. Got Playground too. I play so much Forza. Like, mm-hmm. damn, that's a hard question. But I'm going to say harmonics. That's my decision. I'm going Nintendo. My gut is Nintendo. Yeah. I think I'm actually going to say Naughty Dog because that also spans back for like the entirety of my life. That's yeah. Been a really solid. There's studio. Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. There's there's oh, yeah. uh, Jack yep. and Daxter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good choice. Yeah. yeah. I respect you, Kevin. Yay! I have the respect <laughs> of my peers, and I'm here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> next question, please. <laughs> you didn't even get that. I don't get any respect. No. Thanks Next back. question. I respect cool. you, Andrew. Thank you, Kevin. Are you guys interested in Outer Worlds? Kevin? Yeah. yeah. I am. He's a big time. I'm interest. definitely going to play that. Yeah. Yeah. That comes out like this week, next week? Yeah, so, it's somewhere same. around there. It's it's it's, it's, it's like right now. Yeah. Um We had actually talked about doing it on the podcast. It was yeah, just I think there was... were other things that we were more collectively interested. Okay. Yeah. Like all three of us wanted to play stuff, whereas like Kevin was really excited about Outer Worlds. I don't know how you feel about it. I'm, I'm sort of neutral. I'm indifferent on it. Uh, I think Obsidian is a great studio. They've played. They've made games I really, really love. I think when we were just trying to pick out what to play for the rest of the season, uh, there's there's much more interesting stuff to me. And I think Outer Worlds would have taken away from like Death Stranding, which I, I'm really, really into, and Pokemon, which I think the three of us desperately want to play together. Uh, yeah, I'll so, probably play it though. So we'll probably talk. Yeah, about Yeah, Kevin will definitely talk about it on the show. I might dip my toes in it. It's on Game Pass, so yeah, why nice. not? Yeah, um, yeah, you're going to need Game an Pass. Xbox next. I know. Show. I'll get an Xbox next. Yeah, show. if you want Uh-oh. those Subsidian games, they're all Microsoft now, baby. Uh oh, that's okay. Yeah, so Outer Worlds definitely. I think Fallout New Vegas is a great game. I think it's better than Fallout Three. I think Obsidian's just a great studio. So yeah, I'll probably check it out at some point. I have no opinions on Fallout games. <laughs> New Vegas is great. Yeah. Sure. That it's a, it's a fun and different uh, way of building characters that gives you... I think you would like some parts of it, though, because it does reward you for building the more, like, charismatic pathways yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it's... So, I don't know. Like, the... 
I, there's just nothing that ever invests me in a Fallout game. Yeah. New Vegas I have is tried very so good hard. at the role yeah. playing. Like, and I've played. I mean, seventy six is seventy six, but like I played four, I played three, like at least, mm-hmm. and and gave them a chunk of time. You know, ten to fifteen hours minimum. Sure, I'd implore one. you to try New Vegas sometime. Ugh. I think you would like that one. It's too much work. He's got a very courier look about him, right? Yeah, yeah. Chip around. Yeah. I don't know what this means. <laughs> Next question. Um, what's everyone's favorite Pokemon type? Type. Ooh. Mm. Dang. Mmm. When I was when I was a kid, I was much more of a water type because I loved Squirtle. I love me some squirts. Uh, <laughs> nope, nope. That like wasn't soda? thinking. Wasn't thinking. Do you like a cold squirt or a warm squirt? Thank you, thank you. Uh, you know, I'm gonna stick with that. Water is where I started. Yeah. That's my base. I feel like that is the energy I put into the world. It's like that good watery feel. I'm, st- I'm doing this to myself. What's yeah. your zodiac sign? Uh, Scorpio. Isn't that a water sign? I think so. I yeah. Think it probably is. I don't know if that has... I don't, like, really no. follow any astrology stuff whatsoever. I think it's a water sign. I don't I'm like know. Scorpio Lobster's got that. <laughs> yeah, he's looking it up. Uh, what's your type, Kev? Uh, for me, it's probably dragon type. I'm, again, yeah. I'm again that basic bitch. You got that but, lance... Uh, you got that lance power? I do. I just always love dragon type Pokemons. I think their artwork is fun, and... I could see you. You would have the look. Put you in like a nice long coat. You would have the look of a of a dragon gym leader. Great, I'll take yeah. it. One of the, one of the many in the next game. Dragon yes. leader Kevin. The Kevin. The Kevin. Uh-huh. <laughs> the Kevin wants the battle. Dragon master. The <laughs> Kevin. Uh, Scorpio is a water type. Hey, hot dog. water type. But just to uh, destroy my own theory, I'm an Aries, which is a fire type, and I don't like fire types. Yes. Yeah. What are you? I would say so. You're normal. <laughs> Normal types have a lot of Normal has though. some fun after, yeah. after just playing uh, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee Normal types can wreck some shit They sometimes. can wreck some stuff Well that Eevee was OP That's very true It's a very, <laughs> very Eevee. true um, No I One of my instincts is water type Because my favorite Pokemon of all time is Starmie Okay And I love a lot of water type Pokemon Yeah So like In terms of just having a number of Pokemon in the type that I like Yeah Water would take that But I think there's something <laughs> This is just always my thing with Pokemon If there is a Pokemon that is ridiculed by everyone. Mm-hmm. I love it. You love him. I love Clef Key. I don't care if it's a fucking ring of keys. That thing is cute and it's also usable in battle. Get over yourselves. Right. <laughs> Bruxish, the little fucking psychic fish that was like psychedelic and really weird looking. Love it. Love it. Everyone else is like, what the fuck is up with this fish? I'm like, it's my fish. My fish. That's my fish. Give me my fish. Get out of here. Stop so, attacking my fishy friend. And I really think that that also translates to types for me. So sure. everyone ridicules Ice Type because Ice Type has so many weaknesses. Ice Type I is actually my second choice. Ice type. Okay. I really like the ice type. And I, think I can think of two ice type Pokemon, and that's it. Which ones? I got Jinx and Articuno. Jinx is not one that I like to think about in this That, was, that was the first thing I thought of. Articuno is one of my favorite legends. It's because of the, the episode. Isn't there an episode in the Pokemon anime where Ash is like, we have to find Santa Claus, and Jinx is the one that brings the Santa Claus? I don't think probably. I'm making that up. Probably. <laughs> You're probably correct. That it's sounds so right. Long. Jinx, Jinx! <laughs> okay. Um, but like... Yeah, I would I would say the ice type psychic is also a type in there for me, and like ghost, there's something about purple that I like. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I like ice types too. But I'm going I'm going solidly ice. Fair enough. Cool. All right. Solidly ice. Solidly ice. <laughs> Very nice, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> here's a chunkier question. <laughs> chunk me. <laughs> a little chunky. 
Do you think that a game has to have engaging gameplay to be considered a video game, such as like Call of Duty, Gears? Nope, not Ge well, Gears of War. Gears of War, but also sure. God of War is what I actually appreciate. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, Red Dead Redemption Two, or can it have like more somber, calm gameplay or no gameplay at all? Edith Finch, Gone Home, Last Day of June, and still be considered a game? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's just a different. It's a different type of art form. I think the game implies the interactive medium in which it takes place. I don't think it needs to mean, like, quote-unquote gameplay. Well, and when you look at games, I always think about how excited I felt. Like, with, let's go back to Edith Finch for a second. The swing set sequence. Uh, just tilting the analog sticks back and forth to make the swing move. Like, that was one of my favorite mechanics, and it was just a five-second thing in that game. A game like Gone Home has exploration as a key part of it. You're finding the story as you go. So it absolutely, even if you're not punching a guy's head in like you're exploring this game as you go firewatch was a game where you had like uh orienteering skills to go through i i as long as you have an impact on what's happening in the story as long as you are moving about a space that's a game baby this is all game stuff this it's, is games this is where the games are this is welcome to the games uh yeah come on in take a load off come to the games come come, come sit, here. sit here with the games uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't, like, questions like that feel so dismissive of so many. I don't think it's dismissive. I think the question is, like, some, like, Edith Finch, yes. Well, then what is it if it's not a game? No, I'm not arguing that it's not. Sure. I'm just arguing that the question's not dismissive. Well, that's... I understand the question. Yeah. Because in Edith Finch, yes, you have some mechanics and blah, blah, blah. And there are some that could be, that are even more pared down than Edith Finch, where it's really you're Stanley walking parable. through a story. Right. You know what I mean? So I understand how somebody is saying, like, are you really interacting? Because you're just following a story. Like, a movie can do almost the exact same thing. You're just holding a stick that moves you around. Like... The type of novel games or, like, visual novel type things where you just walk through and there aren't really even branching paths or choices. I understand how some people may feel less engaged by something like that. Mm -hmm. I sure. think that's what the question's getting at. But most visual novels have that element of player choice or puzzles exactly. to figure out. Most of them. Uh, Phoenix Wright. And then that's Europa. your argument. Is that, yes, it's a visual novel, but it still gives you choice. It lets yeah. you impact things. I would sure. call it a video game. Yeah. Great. Yeah, I would call That's it video, the question. I would call it a video game as the well. End. The end. It's, it's, it's gameplay element is the choice and your ability to sculpt the story moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Great. All games are games. Games. The games. End. Speaking of not games. Oh. Oh. <laughs> What's everyone's favorite anime of all time? <laughs> Ooh, my favorite anime of all time has got to be um, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. So damn good. I uh, watched that all the way through back in college, and it's wonderful. But nowadays, I'm watching My Hero Academia. Yeah. And this released the teaser for this episode for, for season four. It, the, the season hasn't started yet? Uh, there's just the one episode up. There's just the pilot. God, I got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Um, and it's great, and I'm so glad it's back. Yeah. It's super charming and I, wonderful. I'm glad you reminded me of that, because I totally forgot it was coming out in October. Oh, yeah. And then uh, I'm also a huge fan of Attack on Titan. Yeah. Uh, crazy good. Like, Brotherhood is a special place in my heart, because I watched it a while ago, and have the whole finished thing done but we're getting near the end of attack on titan and it is so good it does things i didn't know an anime would do makes you feel things makes you scared and uh <laughs> makes you want to fight for freedom it's yeah. awesome uh my hero academia is definitely up there for me just as somebody that loves superheroes it's so good it's just it's really fun it's good animation i love the main character deku i love characters that fight with their fists like that i feel like you don't get to see that often enough and just a bare hands brawler to make that the main character that's one of the reasons i love that show but just everything about my hero uh i'd even throw dragon ball z in there i you know it's the standard it's the classic 
Uh, I love the abridged version a little more than I love the original, so maybe I want to say Dragon Ball Z abridged is one of my favorite animes. Uh, I'll throw a left fielder in there, and that's one that was from last year that I really, really adored, and it was Rascal Does Not Dream of Honey Girl of Bunny Girl Senpai. Uh, that one, like, that name is ridiculous, but I cried my eyes out at the oh, finale yeah. of that one. It's a very good, heartfelt anime, and I love that one very much. Uh, that's on Verve, if you want to go watch it sometime. Nice. I highly recommend it. They just did a sequel movie to it, too, that just came out in theaters. Mm. Uh, it's really good. Dope. I love that one. Uh, any favorite animes, um, Andrew? Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is up there for me, and the original. I love both Full Metal Alchemists. I love anything that is Full Metal Alchemist. It made me feel so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, mine are gonna... I don't watch as much anime now. I don't have time for things. <laughs> there's, so, <laughs> there's so many things to intake, and I feel like everyone in the world around me is intaking so many things all the time, and I'm like, how do you have the time to do that? Right. Where is the time? <laughs> Where did the time go? Um... But, uh, yeah, so Full Metal Alchemist is up there for me. I, mine are going to be mostly more throwbacks. I love one, I don't think this was ever dubbed. I think it's just Japanese. Okay. It's called Scrapped Princess. I love it. And I'm not, I acknowledge the flaws with it, like blah, 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 but that story made me feel so hard. It is the only anime that I've ever sat in front, like, I was watching the episode at my computer, I sat back in the desk chair and, like, actually tears streamed down my face at like moments in this show it was so good it's like there are almost two halves to it i think it's 20 20 or 24 it's it's either 20 or 24 episodes so it's not even like super chunky it doesn't take that long to get through but the first like 11 or 12 ish are sort of a monster of the week um format ish not so much because it's like it starts out with this uh, these three siblings on, like, the run, essentially. But they, each, each episode is kind of like, here's introducing another character. Here's introducing a thing. So the first 11 or 12 are kind of just introducing everybody who then is a player in, like, all the nonsense that happens in the last 12 episodes. And it just, like, goes insane. And it was really good. So I have great feelings about that. Um, and that would probably actually take my favorite of all time spot. But I'm also going to give shout outs. I loved Yu Yu Hakusho when I was younger. Man, I remember loved nothing that about that show, but I watched it so much. Yeah. I don't remember anything. That's the one with the demons. Yeah. He like dies and goes to yeah. the demon world and there's a blue haired girl or something. I don't remember there's lots of, anything. Lots there's a lot of, of blue haired colored hairs. Okay, cool, cool, cool. cool. <laughs> Many over. different colored hairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like the demon fighting and like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then just, this is the other actual contender for my favorite of all time because it's just to- defined so much of my life. Sailor Moon will never not yeah. be so great. You've been you've been public about your oh love my Sailor god, Moon. I love Sailor Moon. Yeah, so that's those are mine. I'm also gonna shout out Digimon Adventure 02. I don't know, I don't know that which one. one that that's is. a that lot more that words the s- than the one that I know, which is just Digimon. <laughs> well, that was the second Digimon series. The that was after the time world? skip. Uh, yeah, they're in the real that. world. Uh, yeah. TK and Kairi are like in in high school now. Right. That one's really really good. I remember that, that one goes places. TK and Kari. What did I say? Kairi. Did I? I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, her hair isn't. She's almost. She's that very Kyrie like. Yeah, it's not wrong. It does get kidnapped. But it is wrong. <laughs> Next question. All right. Um, this is going to be a big one. I'm okay. actually excited to talk about this one. As you may know, there is a huge and beloved series of Sherlock Holmes and Na- Nancy Drew point and click adventure games. There are some other series like The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that have tried their hand at text adventure games. So our question is this. If given complete control and freedom, what book or book series would you make into what kind of game? Examples that they gave were a Redwall tactical RPG, which like, hi, yeah. here for that's, it, that's what already you want. ready, yeah. already done, or a fifth season soul-like. 
game. Souls-like, sorry. Um, Which, like, God, I would love... The fifth season, I recommended it, like, a year mm-hmm. ago on this podcast as yeah. a book everybody should read. I don't know if I want it to be a Souls-like game, because then I won't want to play <laughs> Sure, sure. But boy, would I play any fifth season game. I honestly don't know. I, I had to think a long time about that. Yeah, I'm just looking at my bookshelf, and I'm just like... Because I mostly read memoirs and, and nonfiction works, so... I'm going to be... I'll, I'll kick it off, just because yeah. I read a lot of stuff. Sure. Um, I would love... So, I don't... Have either of you guys ever read Dune? No. No. Okay. It sounds too I've dry. Heard, I've heard a lot about Dune. Get out. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> uh, Dune's a great book. Um, the first half of it is very, like, political drama-esque. There's assassination plots. There's kind of, like, setting up things, blah, blah, blah. And then at one point, like, halfway through the book... One of the characters essentially gains the ability to foresee every single possibility that every future could ever hold. Gotcha. It's such a wide-spanning thing. It's really brilliantly written because that's actually a very difficult concept to write, sure. I think. I feel I don't know. I think it's its own genre of game. I don't know what genre it fits into. Okay. But something with like being able to play between different possibilities that you can foresee vague outlines of in a game as you guide a characters or character you know what I mean through mm-hmm. a plot line is really interesting to me and I think could have some interactive possibilities. That would be cool. That so would be cool, yeah. I that was my first instinct that came to mind. Other one that comes to mind is Ender's Game. Ender's Game could absolutely be Fire Emblem Three Houses in Space. Oh sure. It's all at an academy. With like some ace. You just combat, like, like go into like little combat sessions and yeah. training. Mm-hmm. Everybody's in houses, so you can do you could even make it a Harry Potter house system if you really want to like really go complex with sure, that. Sure. You develop relationships with your students, and then probably there's a war in space. So it's basically Fire Emblem Three Houses in Space. Yes. Yeah. Foresee this and would play it. This is kind of a cop-out <laughs> answer, but this is the first thing that came to mind to me. Um it's actually more so these books have had video game adaptations, and I'm gonna talk Harry Potter. I'm not a super big Potter fan. Uh, I've read the books all the way through. Um, I liked them. I like the movies. I don't like the expanded universe. I think J.K. Rowling is is diminishing the impact of her books every time she opens her mouth. Uh, but what I want to specifically talk about is the Game Boy Color games. Uh, if you guys remember those, I don't. Yeah, so, I played the shit out of Harry uh, Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. I think there. Were, I think the first two books got Game Boy Color games. Mm-hmm. And those, so there were like three versions made. There was a full console version, which was like a third-person adventure. There was the Game Boy Advance games, which were like isometric 3D uh, adventure games. And then the Game Boy Color games were actually turn-based RPGs oh, uh, set in the Harry Potter universe. So they were actually really, really good. I loved the first one. Uh, and I would have loved to see that series continue. So if if... If we could have had the last five Harry Potter books as turn-based RPGs, that would have been really, really cool. Yeah. Like, I had both. I had the console version on my PC, but I yeah. had the console version of Sorcerer's Stone and also the Game Boy Color version of Sorcerer's Stone, and yeah. I very significantly preferred the Game Boy Color version. I had the GameCube Chamber of Secrets game, and that game slaps. That's a very good device. I still remember these games well enough, but I know I played them. Uh, Chamber of Secrets, the if they remastered the GameCube Chamber of Secrets, like, I think people would buy that like crazy. That's a that's an obscure thing. That's like how ba- Battle of Bikini Bottom's getting remastered right now. That's book wild. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, that's my answer. Yeah, you know, I don't think I really have an answer because the books that I like, I don't necessarily think would make good game analogs because I don't read a ton in general. Right. Um, 
in like my, my yeah, I knew this was going to be like an easy question for me as yeah. compared to everyone else because yeah. I've read like nobody's business. I love the the Matt Adams uh, series from Margaret Atwood. That's probably my favorite book series. But I just don't think it would make a game necessarily well. It tells its story, and I think a book is the proper medium to tell it. And I don't think I'd want to experience it through the guise of a game. So I think sure the book is the correct medium. Sure. So I don't know that I actually have an answer for that question. Yeah. I just thought like the first thought that came to my head when you said that was like the Telltale Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> Which I think would, would be, be terrible. So it would be so, be bad. so bad. I hate it. That would have been be so atrocious. No. But you Absolutely just know that, not. like, they would have tried. Oh, gosh. Um, it would have been so bad. Arguing in kind of that same vein, I think they've tried here or there to create things that are Game of Thrones video games. Telltale did one. Yeah. There are a lot of mobile Game of Thrones things. I don't think Game of Thrones works as a video game. Right. I think it's too expansive. I think it's too based on subtle political character interactions that just aren't intriguing right. for you to individually participate in. So every Game of Thrones game tends to either go the route of like Telltale trying to tell that story and giving you choices, but ultimately not having those choices be impactful enough to really sure. feel the weight of a Game right. of Thrones book. Or like just the battles... And just, like, or developing dragons or whatever are small factions of what Game of Thrones actually is and what's appealing about it. And to diminish it to just a battle simulator is like, well, this is just any medieval game. This doesn't need to be Game of Thrones. Right. Right. You're using the name to sell a whatever. Yeah. It would be good as, like, a Sif-style game. Maybe. Possibly, but again, that's the same kind of thing. And I I would rather just have Fire Emblem Three Houses kind of has Games of Thrones, like... Uh, elements to yeah, it. <laughs> no, I mean, Edelgard is very Thrones like. No, you know, she's not. She no. kills people. She Jack, betrays. She backstabs. She's not. You haven't watched. I it. haven't watched it's it. Dead. So stop she's, talking she's, about it. I get what you're going for, what you think, but it's just it's not the right flavor of that either. Okay, yeah, it's, it's, it's not. A different flavor. The problem is we've diminished Game of Thrones to like it's backstabbing, it's people dying all the time, it's yeah. blah blah blah, and like that isn't the brilliance of it, and that's why I think the series yeah. fell off because it lost sight of what the brilliance was, sure. which was the the quick dialogue, the intelligent. Like mm-hmm. chess play and of the political system of the world, yeah. So like, I just don't know if there's a way to do that in a game, and I think I we agree. should stop trying. Yeah, fair. Um, I also want to put two more out there, just because like this is clearly my question. Um, Patrick Rothfuss's uh, King Killer Chronicle, I've been catching up on recently. Uh, that's start with the name of the wind. Yes. Yeah, I'm. I'm that's what I'm reading next. Yes, actually. great book. Good. Happy for you. Um, <laughs> uh, the main character is Quoth who, um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, feel free to murder me, fantasy Twitter. Yay! (laughs) Um, But anyway, essentially, it's like the whole thing is he's relating the entire tale of his life, and he goes from episode to episode. It's like there's parts where he's at this academy, there's parts where he's off on this adventure, and I could almost see each one being a separate game or a separate chunk of a game. Um, I think there's so much room for the idea of a really satisfying character development system sure. with him because this is the story of his character development. So, so I wonder if there's something there. I'm not being super helpful about the like actually assigning it to an existing genre. Sure. I think mm-hmm. these are just like, this is a thing that could work if you created your own type of game for uh-huh. it. Right. Um, and then the other one that I was thinking of, I have already forgotten. So we might just move on. Okay. Let's just move on then. Great. I'll probably remember it in the middle of another question. Yeah. Um, let's do a quick uh, mid-episode lightning round. Sure. I have some quick kind questions. Of, kind of close to the end of the episode. Ish. 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 Um, 
All right, here we go. You ready? Yeah, yeah. These are going to be quick one-word answers. Okay. okay. Red or green apples? Red. Red. Green. Cats or dogs? That sounded dogs. like it was like the answer to the question. We both got it wrong. Yeah, this is actually, this is a test. Yeah. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Cats. Both. <laughs> uh, South Park or Futurama? Both. Oh, Futurama. Futurama. Yeah, easy, easy. Cola or Pepsi? Cola. Coke. Neither. Well, aren't you healthy? If I'm going to drink a soda, it's going to be root beer. I mean, sure. No, and I just it. generally try to not drink soda. It's going to be right. Diet Coke for me. <laughs> um... All right, this is uh, sort of targeted. How is Zach's hair so good? Genetics, baby. Wow. And patience. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a product we could all buy, but no, it's genetics, it's, guys. It's, I got it from my dad. That's what it was. Uh, Kevin, favorite flavor of kombucha? Ooh, uh, a nice uh, ginger. Is <laughs> a, nice, a nice, a nice ginger. ginger ale is just the way to do it. Great. And um, this one does have a correct answer. It's the last question of the lightning round. Are geese the greatest thing in the entire universe? No. There's a goose looking at me in the corner of the room right now. <laughs> yeah, yes. Holding his wings up and stromping. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, um, Kevin, you've failed this question. Uh, yeah. The answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, right. wait. Kevin, come back. No, Kevin. <clears throat> that just hurt my throat. Um, all right. Now a question for kind of all of us. Sure. Do we have any plans or have we ever thought about good merch, great merch? Not yet. Not yet. Good answer. Sometime soon. Not, Not yet. yet. Could be a thing. We we want, we're we, working on a Patreon. Let yeah, us get that. Couple, let us get that up first. We got a couple of other things to do in the pipeline before we even think about merchandising. Yeah. But good, we'll good merch, it. great merch is a great way to put it. Yeah. Absolutely. Sure. Yes. All right. Um, favorite race or favorite race and then favorite class in Dungeons and Dragons. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Uh, it really just depends on what character I'm going to make. Because I've, I've had so many different character ideas. Right now, the favorite character idea that I'm rolling with. Uh, in my brain, if I were to have a campaign come up, would be a um, tiefling who is a warlock for the Court of Stars, which is the chaotic good kind of alignment. Sure. Um, and that would follow the um, warlock for the... Um, it used to be the um, the uh, blinding light path, but now it's for the celestial. Mm. So a celestial warlock tiefling, I think, would be a pretty dope combo. I think the next character I want to play is an elf berserker. Because uh, I think those two are at odds with each other, and it'll like be a really fun. Yeah, like a barbaric elf. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. That'd be cool, yeah. I'd be down for that. I don't necessarily have any specific characters playing. Like, the character I'm playing right now is a human fighter, which is very far from anything I ever play. Cause yeah, I usually that's very... Uh, I don't touch humans or fighters. Sure. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Did you lose a bet? No. I wanted to do something different. <laughs> okay. I wrote him an interesting backstory. I'm trying to make him an eldritch knight. Like, okay. uh, yeah. he has Great. a backstory where he was always in competition with his brother and his father favored his brother more and so he tried to learn magic in order to uh surpass his brother in some way uh but he experienced a wild magic surge and ended surge and ended up killing his own mother oh no but he doesn't know because he blacked out during the surge so his father took the blame for killing his mother and now he hates his father and there's a whole complex thing there nice um so i made it like interesting but yeah Yeah. i don't usually play humans um so my favorite race is uh it's actually drow and you don't Darkly. often get to play them in you campaigns to, yeah. because you need narrative like justification mm-hmm. for how that character would be in and your party. The, right. the sunlight weakness would be right. a big There's a lot there. Yeah. Um, but I just enjoy playing Drow because it's interesting and different. Yeah. Fair. Um, if not elves, I've just always gone with elves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I think my favorite class, I have a lot of love for bards, probably because I'm a musician and there's something about that that feels right. Um, 
But I have to go with Warlock, because Warlock is the best of, like, two of my other favorites, which is, like, any magic-using class, I always identify with magic users, and the ranger that has a pet, because the Warlock yeah. gets a familiar. Yeah, so take the pet if I can be a magic user and have a pet, I'm in for a treat. And I also like the blend of having less spell slots, but all of your spells are more powerful. Yeah. Like, it does, it does something that none of the other classes do, and the fact that you can spend so much of your build on just enhancing your Eldritch Blast. Right. It's a cantrip. So you're basically using a cantrip for the rest of the times that you don't have room for spells with a good powered right. cantrip. But then you don't have to worry about running out of spell slots yeah, once you've exactly. enhanced it properly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. If you yourself, Andrew Orsi, were a D&D character, what class would you be? A rogue. Yeah? Yeah. I think I'm agile. That's like and my dashing. greatest... That's my greatest strength. Sure. I would either be a rogue or... I mean, I guess... I'm thinking of it in terms of, like, what my actual abilities are right now. But if I'm in a fantasy world... If you're in a fantasy world... I'm a pretty studious person, and I would probably do magic. Yeah. I think I would study magic. So, mm-hmm. never mind. Probably not rogue. Yeah. <laughs> I would probably be... I would probably end up being a sorcerer. Mm-hmm. I think is what I would naturally go to. I feel um, like that's what you would be, too. Yeah. What about you, Kev? I don't know, honestly. Um, I would say a paladin... Mm-hmm. But I'm not an overtly religious person. Sure. So maybe like a totem barbarian or a warlock if if there were to be the right circumstances. Because I wouldn't be a dark warlock, but I could see a celestial warlock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. probably my best answer. No, I feel that. Yeah. I think I think I, that fits you pretty dang mm-hmm. well. I feel like I'd be an archer. Really? A, yeah. a fighter archer or a hunter archer? Like I'd a be a, a fighter archer. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now I can get behind it. I apologize. <laughs> No, is Archer just... not a class by itself? No, it's either I'm thinking a fighter, of Fire Emblem, aren't yeah. I? Yep. It's either a fighter or a ranger. I'd be a fighter arms. that fights with a with a with a bow. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's cool. It's that's my feel. That. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm I'm scrappy, but I like being far away. Mm-hmm. I love to I love to shoot. Um. All right. Let's bring it out of the fantasy world into the real world. Have Let's any do of us... two more questions. Three, three, more. three more. Okay. Three more questions. Uh, have any of you guys been to Europe? And if so, did you enjoy it? Nope. I went to England once, and it was very nice. Very fun. I went in the middle of winter and managed to avoid snow and rain, so that was pretty dope. Uh, we went to London, and then down to the very southern tip to Cornwall, and Cornwall was, was really nice. Pretty yeah. open in fields and stuff, and yeah. a little coastal area. I've been many times, actually. Yeah, you've <laughs> I'm traveled pretty well-traveled in Europe. Uh, I've been to England, where uh, we basically kind of home-based in London and did, like, a circle out uh, from there. So we went, all, we went all the way up to, the like, the Cotswolds and went up into the mountains and blah, 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 but then... Uh, circled back around to London for the end of the trip. I've been to Ireland, uh, started in the north, and worked my way down to Dublin as I went. I have been to Italy, specifically only Venice. I would like to go to Rome, haven't been there. Loved Venice. Venice is stunningly gorgeous. Um, uh, and then I took that, we took a drive from Venice to Austria through the Alps, which is maybe oh, my cool. favorite drive that I've ever been on. Yeah, that was um, so beautiful. Ended up calling my mom, and then I accidentally looked out the window in the middle, and I was like, oh, sorry, mom, I'm astounded and gonna stop talking. That's <laughs> <laughs> something else. That's funny. Um, and then we went to Austria, uh, stopped in Salzburg, which I loved, uh, and Vienna, which I also enjoyed, but I loved Salzburg. Like, that was very much, it's like a mountain town, there's a lot of art there, everything about it. I was just like, man, if only I spoke German. If only. Uh, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of soup. I fucking love soup, man. It's good quality Fucking love soups. soup. New soup. Uh, I've been to Hungary and Romania, which was an amazing trip. Uh, I did that with my choir. I also did a choir trip to France and Belgium. So I've been I, all like, over, man. Been all over, sung in places. Uh, yeah, I like Europe a lot. 
It's great. Nice. Fun stuff. Good yeah, I'd stuff. like to. I think I'm uh, planning on going to Paris next year with Kaylin. So, yeah. Well, that has to be our vacation. Yeah. Romantique. Yeah. Like, yeah. Looking forward to it. Nice. Um, all right. Do you guys think that pop music gets a bad rap because of the few idiots up front? And do you guys think it should be more respected as a music genre? I mean, I don't really have an opinion either way. It's not what I listen to. Uh, I prefer not to yuck anyone's yum if people want to experience things. And I say that also knowing that, like, I'm playing uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts right now, and I love the soundtrack to that game. That's very much like pop music infused. So, you know, just let people like what they like. Uh, is it a lesser genre? No. Like, just let people like what they like. That's that's what it comes down to for me. My answer's the same as Zach's. I'm not a very, as, as said previously in the show, I'm not a huge music person. So I, I let people like what they like. It's not my favorite. I'm usually a bit more folky of a music uh, liker myself. Um, yeah, if it's what you like, sure. Go yeah. ahead. I mean, I'm not going to tell anyone they shouldn't like it. I think pop music does itself a disservice by cranking out stuff that is easily consumable as opposed to trying to do anything more interesting. Sure. And this is coming from somebody who very specifically is in the contemporary acapella world, mm-hmm. which covers a lot of pop music. And I'm not necessarily a person who seeks out pop music on my own, but I've been made familiar with a lot of pop music by the contemporary acapella world. And also, when you do something acapella, you have to rearrange it, which means generally you make it musically more interesting. So I'm aware of how much more interesting pop songs could be mm-hmm. and choose not to be. Sure. Um, they all kind of go with like, you know, a good hook is is a thing. Yeah, you need a good hook, but a lot of hooks kind of use the same general like intervals. The chord structure is very much the same in all pop songs. So that's my issue with pop music. Like, if you like it, great, sure. To me, it's, it's all started to sound the same at a point because it all just fits under the same umbrella. Right. Um, especially modern pop music really just like doesn't do that much for me. Sure. Um, when people in my groups suggest doing a song that has come out in the last five years, I usually want to do a jazz arrangement of it. And that's, I think, because I have the instinct to want it to be something more A than little bit is. more like, complex. Like, and... Yeah. And also because, like, for me, I, like, I'm the music director of one of my groups. And so when I'm thinking about a song we're going to put on stage, it needs to have, like, a structure and something that's going to engage the audience enough that they stick with us through doing an acapella version of a song with no instruments. So, like, so many of songs are just kind of aesthetic throughout. They don't build. They don't really have a finish. They don't climax per se. It's just like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, final chorus. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, if that final chorus doesn't build to something bigger, then it's really hard to ask somebody to sit through four minutes of that to not feel like they had a payoff when it's just human voices making all the sounds. So that's a part of why arrangements have to be made more complex. But then when you do make them more complex, it's like sometimes hard for me to go back to listen to the original songs. Because sure, they're less totally. interesting. Right. So, yeah. I, no, no, like, if you like stuff, whatever. Live your life. Enjoy the things. Listen to the things. I don't care. Do you. I personally would love it if we could get some more complex music in the mainstream. So that people could appreciate that. It's hard when music peaked when Shania Twain released. I know. You don't impress me much. Yeah. <laughs> That's, so it's hard to come Brad back from that. Pitt. That don't impress me much. Thank you, Zach. Uh, <laughs> All right. So you got question. one question left. Final question. And this is going to bring it right back to the theme of video games. Because right. that's what we do. Yeah. Hit it. The games are here. This moment. This is our moment to declare our favorite villain and our favorite companion character of all time in video games. 
favorite villain and favorite okay. companion. Companion being like a party member, a, a a party member, somebody who follows you along through the thing, somebody who's a consistent side character throughout the journey. I think be a little free with that. Okay. Uh, in terms of villain, the first one that sprang to mind for me was Zemnis uh, in Kingdom Hearts Two. Hmm. I find one like that voice is so gravelly and powerful and epic. Uh, I love the performance of that character, but also like the the kind of sympathetic angle that Zemnis has throughout the entire series because he doesn't know how to feel things or is unwilling to feel things uh, really brings home just like how even more than Zen, uh, than Xehanort's other forms like how broken sure. this version of the character is how he knows that everyone he has assembled together is going to betray him at some point how his own interests kind of run parallel to I think what the core of Organization 13 wants um He's not sympathetic at all because he's manipulating literally everybody in Kingdom Hearts 2. But I think there's just something really, really great about that character more than any other villain in the series. He also just has one one of the best boss themes in all video games and one of my favorite final boss fights in any game ever. I love the two-on-one fight between Sora and Riku and Zenus at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorite moments in not only just Kingdom Hearts, but in video games in general. Yeah, what's nice. your favorite uh, villain? I don't know about villain. I think about that one a bit longer. My favorite okay. companion character is a character from uh, Chrono Cross called Pip. Which Pip. I don't know if I've told you about Pip before, but he's basically this yeah. little squirrel that as your party members use magic, there's the, the three light-aligned magics being like water, light, and earth, and the three dark-aligned magics being fire, sand, and another one, uh, darkness. Sure. Um, Whenever you use a light one, he gets points towards light. Whenever you use people on your team use a dark one, there's points towards dark. And he will evolve based off of which skills your party members use. Oh, interesting. And so he has two evolving points where you can either go light evolve, light evolve, or light evolve, middle evolve, or dark evolve, dark evolve. And he just does it kind of throughout the game. His like outward appearance changes based off of it. And his um, moveset changes off of it. And like, if he's better at being strong, or if he's better at being a mage changes between which of these pads you send them on and in that game that has like 30 or something odd characters they have one character they put so much detail in really always stuck with me and i always tried to use him because like this is nice they gave me all these things to play with right to have this impactful um development just based off of how the rest of my party is aligned so it's very much like the chow in sonic adventure too yeah and he's, cool. i think he's, he's like actually listed as like the evolution party member oh that's so neat. he's almost that's like neat. like an eevee okay uh yeah and he's really cool oh huh, i like that uh you give us one andrew um, I, so for villain, there's a lot of villains and I think like there are villains that I appreciate for how iconic they are. You know what I mean? Like sure. some of my instincts are like Ganondorf, um, like Ridley, like, sure. you know what I mean? Just like things that have been consistent through a series and just are like so good because like even just Albert Wesker in the Resident Evil series, like, right. yeah, but I actually think I'm going with Gladys. Oh, oh yeah, that's great, that's yeah. a perfect choice. I fucking love yeah. Gladys. She's funny. She's threatening. She's intimidating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, another great it's boss fight. So like yeah, yeah. That's, good that's a boss really fight good choice. Is with you through the entire game and is like never like never misses a beat. Mm -hmm. The writing for Gladys is brilliant. The acting for Gladys is brilliant. Like it's all done so well that I'm just like yeah, that's yeah. the one. I could yeah, not agree with that's you. I appreciate her so that's much. A great one. Trying to think of like companions. 
Man, uh, and I'm just thinking of, like party members in RPGs at this point because like I think that's that's what we pull from the finest. I'm actually gonna because I'm looking at this game right now. That's what our microphone is sitting on right now. And the first character that comes to mind for me is Alvin in Tales of Zillia, uh, which was uh, one of the PlayStation Three titles in that series. He's one of the first party members you gain in the game. I think he's the third person that joins the party. But he's Tales has very generic plots and a lot of the characters like fall into very specific things. But Alvin, he's the older slacker-ish character, but he also is the one that uh, he betrays the party so many times throughout the experience and then just comes right back. But when you, when everything comes together, when one of the big twists of the game is revealed, you realize how sympathetic a character he is. I don't want to spoil much about it. There's obviously like something off about him the second he joins the party. Uh, and I don't want to spoil anything because like this is a game I would love for you guys to play sometime. Uh, and I hope it gets remastered sometime. I hope that uh, this game gets to live once more on a modern console because I think it's uh, one of the underdog best entries in the series. Um, but he's a wild character to me that I can't help but love, even though he is such a backstabbing asshole. Mm -hmm. uh, that's my choice. I really want to play that game again. I'm staring at it right now. I, I, I really want to... <laughs> Inspiration has arrived. Yeah, there's a new Tales next year. Yeah. I forgot about nice. that. Uh, Tales of Azure. What, uh, what, what, do you know what release date? Do I think you know both. Uh, they, it doesn't have a date yet. It was revealed at E3. Gotcha. Um, but it's coming. It's going to happen. You know, I really don't have a villain, but the two that come to mind, and it's kind of just recency bias, but Edelgard's a great villain from the perspective of not playing as Pretty uh, sure Crimson she's Flower. a hero. Mm. <laughs> you don't play as Crimson Flower, she's kind of a villain. Mm. Um, but then also uh, Adam and Eve, too. Like, I would just remember... Oh, in Nier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your confrontations with them in Nier, they're uh, some inter... Like, I... I like a villain to be like more complex and like you can see they really do believe they're right. Yeah. You know, and so those are two, I think, good examples of that. What I look for in a good, compelling villain is one who truly believes that they are right and that their path forward is the correct one. I would love sometime in the future to revisit Nier. Like for the show. Like a second play? Yeah. Do it and all like, again. Do it all again. Just think about What's changed in the two years we we since we last played it? We're gonna Dorian's gray I mean, on one year. It's been almost two years, dude. No, it was last summer. It was a year it was and a like half. Last August. No. Yeah, I, I don't remember. Promise. All right, it was like forty episodes ago. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Do you have a, a companion, so Andrew? Compa I don't know. I'm thinking in a lot of different directions for this one. Like, I really because there's the there's the companions that are endearing and functional and like like Kazooie is one that's popping into my head oh damn and I'm surprised oh you thought you of a much it. better one than I did didn't you <laughs> um, yeah. but then there's also the companions kind of like you guys are getting in like that are developed characters that are well like interesting characters so someone like you saying Kazooie's not interesting that bird's got a mouth yeah Kazooie's great Kazooie doesn't go through character growth I'm thinking of like like Ellie from The Last of Us or like sure. Elizabeth in Bioshock Infinite. Sure. Like oh, characters great. that follow you through the game and, and are a part of the story and you watch them oh, gosh. in the Booker story. Booker Comstock is another good villain. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, for my favorite companion, I think it's just forever going to be Yoshi. Yeah, that's I a great one. I love Yoshi. Yoshi. Yep. That like works. Kazooie's way up there, but Yoshi's just been in my life for too long. To not win. And that transitions well to... Also, Next though, week? honorable mention... <laughs> yes? For Potato Gladys. <laughs> yes. Perfect. <laughs> because Gladys even becomes your companion for a Portal second. Portal 2 spoiler. So maybe she's just my all-over-the-place uh -huh. answer. 
Uh, I love that. Your home Gladys. Now do the transition that I have effectively ruined. That's going to do it for us this week. Uh, Thank you for everyone that's sending questions. Sorry if we didn't get to yours. We just had so many good ones to get through. Uh, Next week, we are doing a Super Nintendo double feature. The second time we're doing this, we'll be playing Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island, and Kirby's Dream Land 3, which you can play along with us on the Nintendo Switch right now as part of the Nintendo Switch Online Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Or maybe it's the other way around. It's one of the two. That's what the app is called. It's a bad name. Uh, Games for the rest of the year, we'll be playing Astral Chain, Super Monkey Ball, uh, Banana Blitz HD, uh, a little fun party game there, Death Stranding, and Pokemon Sword and Shield. That'll take us to the end of the year. Yeah. If you enjoy the show, follow us on social media. We are at Good Great Game on Twitter and Instagram. Andrew is at Andrew Orsi. I am Papa Bear Zach. Hang out with us. Tweet at us. We'll tweet back. It'll be a good old time. And that's it, I believe. Uh, thank you to the James Rocket for the use of our theme song. It's called We Are Here for You. It is a delightful for ditty. For, for specifically you, Andrew Orsi. Uh, Can you thanks, believe James? it? James. He's right outside. He's just waiting wow. for you. He's waiting for you there. Yeah, we always keep you. him right outside. Yes. yes. I would like James, how... it's almost time for you to come in and play. Never mind. Uh, and that's it. That's the episode. All right. Thanks for joining us. See you next week for some Super Nintendo action. For Andrew Orsi and Kevin Ryder, I am Zach Rich. This has been Good Game, Great Game. Hey, be good. Do good. And be great at it. <laughs> be good, do good. Do good, be good. Good, good, great, good. I got it. Yay. You got this. Back to football. We know the consequences of what you do. But children, we are here for you. We might not understand just what you've been through. But children... Children